Hello everyone, I'm Laura Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning. It's great to be here, Laura. Thanks for being here. And with us today, we also have Sarah Lutz. Sarah is an occupational therapist at Brookings Health System. Sarah focuses on hand therapy and rehabilitation. Sarah, welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you for having me. And now I got to check. How do you say your last name, Sarah? You got it right. It's Lutz Like Boots. Okay, you Lutz got it right. Like Boots. Got it. So Sarah Lutz is with us today. Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. So that's always the million-dollar question. <laughs> so I, like you said, I'm an occupational therapist at the Brookings Healthcare System. I am a South Dakota native, but for the last four years was living in Gillette, Wyoming, working in a heavy, heavy, busy um, orthopedic specialty clinic. So focused primarily on upper extremity injuries, anything from fingertip to neck. Um, so I like to say I've seen it all, but someone always comes into the clinic and is like, but have you seen this? And so they kind of <laughs> surprise me and keep me on my toes. On my toes. So um, yeah, back in South Dakota and happy to be here. Excellent. And how long have you been back to Brookings? Since mid-July. Okay. So just right. a couple months. Yeah. So. Okay. So I am going to say, you know, I think most people are really familiar with physical therapists yes. and what physical therapists do. Yes. But I think most people don't know what an occupational therapist does. And I know that, that you have that upper extremity focus and extra skill set. But I think it'd be really useful to just give people an idea. What is an occupational therapist? What's your training like? What do you do with that training? How can you help people? That is a great question. So occupational therapy can actually cover the lifespan. And at the hospital, we do. We have, there are three full-time therapists at the hospital, myself being one of them. We treat birth to, we say death, birth through the lifespan. Um, and so we have a therapist that sees in-home patients for like the birth to three program. And then she also sees outpatient pediatric patients. So there you're gonna be looking at typical developmental milestones, um, things, special needs, kids with special needs, autism, behavioral disorders, anything like that. Just helping those kiddos be able to be successful in school, in play, in any of their activities that they need to do during the day. And play, we underestimate play. We, we think do. it's just fun. But those little kids, when they're playing, they're actually learning motor skills, fine yes. motor skills, developmental things. They're learning skills that they need to learn to be successful adults. So don't uh, don't diminish the importance of play. It is really important and it's a great therapeutic yes. tool that uh, that the occupational therapists and the physical therapists and the speech therapists, all of those people who help kids develop um, those skills will use to make it fun. Absolutely. For those kids. Absolutely. Um, and Jamie does that. She's our therapist at the hospital that sees the kiddos. She's great at it. So kids' occupation or their job is to play. And I think a lot of times we overlook that. And, yes. you know, when our little humans aren't 
doing as we'd like them to, we get upset with them and it's really their job is to play and let's just make them successful at that. And so um, Samantha is another therapist at the hospital. She does home health. And let me tell you, that girl has a whole different skill set than I ever have. <laughs> she is the craftiest woman I've met. She can sew. She's always modifying things. So she helps keep aging individuals or individuals with disabilities in their home safe, able to do what they need to do during the day, whether it's making a small meal, getting to the bathroom, taking a shower. She helps adapt equipment or get equipment or show you energy, energy conservation techniques, anything like that to keep you safe in your home. Other ways to do things, maybe ways that you didn't develop in, in your life up to this point. You know, if I, if I can't use my dominant hand, mm-hmm. how do I feed myself? If I um, struggle to get my clothes up and down, yes. to get dressed, how do I do those things? So yes. the occupational therapists are amazing at helping problem solve and, and troubleshoot. There is nothing that Sam and Jamie does home health a little bit as well. There's nothing those girls are, they're not afraid to jump in and do everything. And anything this morning before I left to come here, we were actually discussing um, using a bidet. Oh, and so Samantha yes. was helping a patient who is home on home health uh, learn to use a bidet. So, I mean, we cover it all. There's yep, nothing that we absolutely. will not address. So if it needs to happen, we're going to make it to- happen. From, from how do I cut my toenails <laughs> to how do I comb my hair. Yes. Um, that it is it is really a very underappreciated and undervalued and under understood specialty. Yes. And then myself, uh, my skill set, I specialize in upper extremities. So anything from fingertip to neck um, is kind of my jam. I really get nerdy about hands when people (laughs) want to talk about a good hand injury. There's no such thing as a good injury, but trust me, there's such thing as a good injury as a therapist. Like you did that well, and I'm really excited to rehab this. Um, I also cover upstairs in our acute care hospital right now, just as I'm continuing to build my caseload. Um, In the outpatient clinic, I help upstairs. So I see anybody that's acutely ill upstairs had to be admitted for a hospital stay, just helping with the basics, make discharge recommendations, get you up and moving um, when you're not feeling so well. Then you get to come see me in the clinic when you feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> or see your partner at or, home when yes, they continue with, yes, with home therapy. Yes, or see Samantha at home or Jamie at Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. You know, physical therapy and occupational therapy have kind of different emphasis, but I will usually think of them as a group, particularly in rehabbing uh, injuries Mm -hmm. or um, medical illnesses. You know, it's one thing if I am a young, healthy person who who has an injury or who got my knee replaced. I guess most people who um, get their knees replaced aren't that young, most of them, not not. all of them. Um, So they may not need that particular occupational therapy emphasis, um, but... Uh, most people in the hospital really do need yes. need both of that. Yes. So, tell us what is the um, what is the training like for an occupational therapist? So, I am very much a non traditional. Uh, <laughs> I was a non traditional student, and so most people would go out of high school to college. You get your bachelor's degree. Um, occupational therapy is transitioning to a doctorate degree at this point in time. I believe by twenty twenty five, the goal is to make all of the programs across the United States a doctorate degree. I was lucky and was able to do it as a master's program and I did what's called an accelerated master's program. Um, I graduated high school just a few years ago. I hate even saying the number because it's getting larger, but that's oh, okay. Honey, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that maybe Bob can beat me, but none of the rest of you, the you rest of you could number. be my kids. It gets bigger so, and bigger. You know. 
Um, but anyways, after high school, I went to the University of South Dakota and was going to be an accountant. And that was really boring. Numbers weren't all that great. I'm a very social person. Um, I then transferred to Lake Area Tech and I got an associate's degree. So I was a certified occupational therapy assistant first. And then I went, I worked out in Rapid City for about two years at the hospital there. Got some great inpatient rehab care skills, some acute care skills. Um, was working in ICUs, like really just in the thick of some very sick people, which was amazing. Um, and from there, I decided I wanted to be able to do more. So I went to the University of Mary in Bismarck and went from my associate's degree to my master's in two and a half years. So I do have a master's degree. I just did it on a much faster timeline um, than people would be able to do it today. So it's like I said, transitioning to a doctorate program. So so don't underestimate the skills that those therapists have. I mean, they've they've got a lot of education, a lot of skills, yeah. and um, that's a, a impressive amount of education to do what uh, to do what you do. And uh, you're a very valuable member of the team. Thank so you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's time for us to go to our first break, and we'll give our listeners an opportunity to call in with your questions. Uh, we have a great resource here today. If you have questions about hands, wrist things like that, uh, give us a call or anything else. We have Dr. Johnston here ready to answer it all as well. So any medical questions are always welcomed. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430, 692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth. Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston and occupational therapist Sarah Lutz are here to discuss our medical questions. If you have a question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we are learning about what an occupational therapist is and the variety of roles an occupational therapist may have uh, in the lives of people of all ages, how they can help all of us. Uh, Sarah, as an occupational therapist, I understand you have focused on helping patients who may have issues with their hands. What are some of the more common concerns that you help with? Yeah, so we are moving right into winter, and this is, I have to tell you, therapy jokes are really sick, and if you're not in healthcare, (laughs) you probably don't find them funny, but we say this is our busy season because it's going to be icy, snowy out, so distal radius fractures or wrist fractures are very common this time of year. Um, The other thing I see a lot of this year would be like proximal humerus fractures or a broken shoulder from falling on the ice, trying to catch yourself on your hand or arm, and then you 
break something, unfortunately. Um, and so the snow and ice definitely keeps me busy with that. I never love the snow and ice, but I do know it's job security for me as well. <laughs> um, other things, common things that I see a lot of, though, carpal tunnel syndrome, um, just pain, pain in the shoulder, pain in the elbow, things like that. It could be tendonitis from overuse. Um, lots of where I was living before, lots of hardworking men. There are lots of those here as well. So lots of overuse injuries in the elbow, the shoulder, the hand. So not necessarily a, a full diagnosis other than tendonitis, but helping teach them to reduce repetitive work injuries, um, pain management strategies, things like that. So. You mentioned breaking wrist. Uh, so is occupational therapy something... Uh, you help people with as they're recovering, as they're already yes. like still in a brace or something, yes. or is it something you do after they have So the- it can be both. Okay. I actually make custom splints as well. So oftentimes people don't want to cast. Casts are big, bulky, they're hot, they're itchy, and you can't take them off to wash your hand. Um, and so for patients that are going to be a safe patient and able to be out of a cast, and we know that they're going to be compliant to not using the hand, not lifting anything, we can do custom splinting for. Um, and so that way you can take your hand off, be doing things like gentle edema massage, um, finger range of motion, washing your hands, using ice more effectively to help control swelling and pain. Um, And so you could either be a broken wrist that I could see very minimally in the beginning to help get a splint on you, teach you edema management or swelling management and pain management strategies, and then have you come in six weeks later when you're healed and start stretching and strengthening. Um, You could also just be that person who you fell on your wrist and maybe it's a wrist sprain, and we're looking at more like a off-the-shelf style brace, so not something custom, something that's a little more affordable um, that you can wear as needed to go back to work, to be able to be lifting your kiddos if you're a mom with young kids, being able to carry groceries, things like that. Um, But then also you know working on some pain management strategies there whether it's stretching tight tissue um, helping reduce swelling again um, teaching you gentle exercises at home to let that sprain or strain heal without causing any further injury so it's really across the board depends on your injury you could be someone I see um, with or without surgery and you could be seeing I see patients two to three days after surgery all through you know a typical rehab is about 12 weeks three months after surgery and I see that entire time working just with the physician in their protocols um, to help people heal effectively. One thing that I often will um, see in the clinic is hand arthritis, mm-hmm. um, which uh, there's usually some hand deformity Correct. involved in that hand Correct. arthritis uh, and a lot of pain that uh, people deal with. So they're always kind of surprised when I say, hey, maybe maybe we could do something with occupational therapy yeah. or I know some of our physical therapists do some hands. There's there's overlap, but certainly not identical. Right. But what, what might you do for someone with hand arthritis? Yeah. So that is another reason scar tissue and arthritis I will forever have a job outside of the weather Um, and so with arthritis I always am am very quick to tell people I can't cure it but we can at least make it very um, tolerable to get through your day-to-day so sometimes some splinting may be appropriate if it's something to help reduce a contracture or a deformity that the arthritis may bring along otherwise pain management techniques use of heat gentle stretches there are certain exercises that are actually very effective to help kind of strengthen some muscles around an arthritic joint Mm -hmm. to help make the joint a little stronger so it's not as painful to use it Um, energy conservation techniques adaptive equipment Um, there's a lot that can be done for arthritis that's not necessarily surgeries there are some time place and time for where I'm like yeah you should see a hand surgeon and we should see if we could maybe have them go in and clean that out and make you feel better because there are some surgeries that I am 100% a fan of a lot of times with arthritis it's just 
let's keep you comfortable, but find yeah. ways to, to do things in a safer manner, protect the joints. And let you be more active. Yes. Let you do those yes. things that you love to do yes. that have been hard to do because yeah. your hands Absolutely. are giving you trouble. The quilters. I see yes. a, a lot of, of women who do a lot of crafts mm-hmm. in particular who they knit, they quilt, mm-hmm. they do all those things, and they find that their ability to do that is really compromised yes. by those hands. Yes. So, And there's actually a lot of adaptive equipment out there that you can, if you're willing to learn a new trick, you can teach old dogs new tricks, absolutely. <laughs> there are different styles of like knitting needles and um, like the cross stitch um, hoops and the needles there that you can put different handles on them to make them a little bigger so that you can manipulate them but still be able to do the project. It's just in a different manner, and sometimes people don't love change. And so if you're if you're like, yep, I'm going to learn a new skill to keep doing this hobby, it's very doable. Yes. So uh, don't be afraid to come in and talk to your doctor and yeah. say, hey, uh, I heard this lady on the radio, and yes. she, I think she might be able to help me. Could I get that referral? So, we w- I would love it. Even if yes. I just see you for one visit to say, hey, let's look at this, that would be great. Absolutely. So, And if you're not in the Brookings area, you know, there are – people with uh, overlapping skill sets all over so don't be afraid to go talk to your doctor but you know it's it's not often our first thought uh, and we probably should think of it more often but we're often thinking oh well why don't you take some of that Voltaren gel and wrap it in your rub it in your hands and get yourself a paraffin bath and some of those kinds of things so uh, don't be afraid to bring it up if we don't suggest it yes absolutely Good point. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth. Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston and occupational therapist Sarah Lutz are here to discuss our medical questions. If you have a question, give us a call at 605 692-1430, 605-692-1430. Earlier in the program, Sarah, you mentioned that carpal tunnel is a common thing that you um, yes. help people with. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about carpal tunnel. Maybe Dr. Johnson, do you want to tell us what carpal tunnel syndrome is <laughs> first? As, I, as I'm tracing my carpal tunnel <laughs> scars here. So carpal tunnel, um, so... 
people often will think of nerve and nerve injury, and they have kind of a specific idea of where that nerve pain is coming from. Um, and it can be coming from anywhere. It can be coming from uh, the spine, the peripheral nerves, the little nerves. In carpal tunnel's case, uh, there is a pinch, a tightness, where the nerve runs through the base of the hand. Um, so there is a the, the structure of the wrist kind of sets that up to be a pinch point, to be a point where that gets too tight and it puts pressure on the nerve. And people will come in with numbness and tingling, usually in the hand. Sometimes it goes up too, so it's not just downstream, but usually it's it's mostly downstream. Um, so it is often a cause of that, boy, my hand just goes numb, it tingles, it hurts, I I can't do these things. Um, sometimes people are able to kind of shake it off, and sometimes they're not. And uh, there are things you can do about that, and often it ends up in surgery. Yes. But what might we do, Sarah, to, to temporize yes. and to try to f- fix the problem and maybe avoid surgery? So if you catch carpal tunnel early enough, it is something you can treat conservatively, um, especially in the younger population. So carpal tunnel often comes from over use as well. So lots of desk jobs I see it at or lots of like machinists who are using their hands a lot, welders who are using their hands a lot, things like that. So the first thing I always start with are simple nighttime splints just very inexpensive and easy way to let that wrist, that median nerve running through the carpal tunnel rest. So you just sleep with a brace on at night. Pretty simple. We all like to sleep at night. They're not big and bulky. They're very comfortable. Um, Women that are pregnant often experience carpal tunnel syndrome as well or symptoms as well um, from just buildup of fluid and retaining water weight and whatnot. And so they do well with these prefab brace. You can get them at Lewis, Walmart. It's just a simple wrist brace. So, Um, and, and there's been a transition in the course of my career mm -hmm. about how that brace should hold your hand. So what is, what is the current answer about how that brace (laughs) should, should hold your hand? That is a great question. I would like your wrist to be in neutral. So zero degrees of extension, zero degrees of flexion, just straight. straight. Yes. Just hold it straight. Don't put her an extension. When when I started, the idea was this cock-up splint. Yes. So you'd have your wrist, your wrist bent back just a little bit, and the idea is your hand would curve, kind of like you were holding a soda Correct. can. And now the answer is it should be straight. Neutral. Yes. Yes. So you might need to straighten the yes. the, the metal stay, piece. The metal stay in, that comes in your brace. Yes, yes. you There's, might need to straighten yes. that out because most of them actually have that little angle. And they've got a mean curve in them. When you buy they them do. off the shelf, I mean, they're holding you well past 30 degrees. They're kind of a mean curve. So flatten that down, make it more of a straight metal piece in there. So So what else might we be able to Um, do? So if you were to come into the clinic and I were to see you there, there are a lot of great options we can do there. Um, Getting you started on tendon gliding exercises and nerve gliding exercises are great options to help move things through the carpal tunnel. Nerves are like floss is what I tell people. Um, And they're a lot like junior high girls. They're incredibly easy to make angry and they're going to take a (laughs) long time to forgive you. So once the nerve is angry, we've got some work to do to get them to forgive you. 
So um, once that median nerve is angry in the carpal tunnel, we do have to start kind of flossing it back and forth through the tunnel, getting it to give a little bit, move a little bit. Um, so there's some exercises I'd set you up with. I do a lot of cupping um, to help lift and reduce pressure on the carpal tunnel. So cupping exercises, heat is always wonderful and helpful. So ultrasound, laser. We have a flutotherapy machine, which is great for sensation. It's mulched up corn husks that you stick your hands in and we run heat through it and it blows around on you. And it's just, it feels really wonderful. Oftentimes people will, I'm like, how about 10 minutes? And I come back in 10 and they're like, how about five more? And I'm like, we got to do something else. (laughs) Um, Stretching, there's manual techniques where I can just help open up the carpal tunnel, open the palm, the web space a little bit to give you some pain relief. Um, You can use things like dexamethasone, which is an anti-inflammatory right over that carpal tunnel to help, again, get some, some movement in that median nerve again so that things are moving a little bit better and reducing some of that pressure you feel. So lots of great conservative treatments. If it's too far gone and a lot of times people come in and they're like, yep, my hands are falling asleep every 20 minutes. I'm having to shake them out. I've tried braces. I've done this. Oftentimes I do just refer you on to an, um, a hand specialist because uh, I know we're past the point of there is a point of no return. But if it's early, you catch it early and you're starting to have some of those symptoms, come see me. We can take care of that That's without right. surgery. And and sometimes what you do is buy yourself time. I mean, yes. you know, you can um, be comfortable and eventually you may end up with surgery anyway, but you've you've been able to put that off and you've bought yourself time and uh, also taking a look at your work environment and that you know what do what do you recommend for people that do do a lot of computer work yeah so ergonomic keyboards there is definitely we've come a long way in um, things that you can do within your office especially if you're an office worker you can get an ergonomic keyboard there are wrist rests there are different style mice or your mouse I don't know what the (laughs) plural for that is your mouse there's there's different styles you can get with that Um, and then taking breaks and too I mean a lot a lot of times when you I come in and I evaluate a workspace, people are hunched forward, shoulders are rounded, neck is drooping forward. So we're compressing at the spine as well then. So you're making shoulder pain, probably creating your carpal tunnel syndrome. If we can even just give you a little better workspace, get you sitting up straight, improving your posture, sit to stand desks. I think we should all have them um, <laughs> so that we're up and down throughout the day, changing positions. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of great ergonomic equipment out there, like those wrist rests, the little gel pads for under your wrist. There's a lot that they do for you. I know a lot of people like that doesn't help. If you're someone who sits at your computer all day long and you were to use them for consistently for about a week or two, I think you'd notice a, a difference too with some postural changes as well. So yes, the human body is meant to move. Mm-hmm. Correct. So Correct. we don't we don't do well when we're stuck in a yeah. particular position for long, whether that's because of our carpal tunnels right. or our necks or our rotator cuffs right. or yes. any of the rest of that. Let's let's talk about rotator cuffs. Let's that talk is, rotator cuffs. Oh my god, I love rotator cuffs. <laughs> oh, I hate rotator <laughs> cuffs. That I always say the shoulder was such a poorly designed joint. It was. It's on my list of questions yes. when I get to those pearly gates let's talk about the female pelvis and let's talk about that rotator and i want to add wrist to that why did he make our wrists so small and we put a lot of weight through those every time you push up that's my i'm going to ask him why did we design the wrist the way we did yep let's talk about that rotator cuff what what things i know we don't have a whole lot of time left and i want to get my my plug in get your flu shot and get your covid booster if you haven't you knew you knew you weren't going to get out of a a (laughs) session with me without me plugging immunizations but let's talk just for a minute or two about the rotator cuff um so small tears in the rotator cuff you can totally 
do therapy, heal conservatively. There's a lot that can be done for a, a small tear in the rotator cuff. The rotator cuff consists of four muscles. Um, you can have minor tears or what we call micro trauma to the rotator cuff, and that's where you kind of have like some aches and pains. It hurts to do certain motion, maybe don't have as much strength, but the shoulder joint is still moving. You still have motion over your head. Once you've torn great enough or at a uh, high enough level where you've kind of lost that motion and you're really compensating, trying to lift the shoulder, I've seen lots of interesting ways people will bounce it off their hip, use the other arm to get it overhead. <laughs> then we're looking, you probably need surgery and then you can come see me after surgery and I'll help rehab your shoulder then. But again, for small tears where you're just having shoulder pain, it's your rotator cuff is probably the culprit if it's especially backside of the shoulder. Probably your rotator cuff is pinched somewhere, causing pain. Tons of exercises and stretching and postural changes that we can do to help reduce that pain. Uh, and a lot of people, when you're, I, I wish y'all could see this because <laughs> Sarah's like, like giving us this demonstration of how people move things, and people often will compensate for that mm-hmm. shoulder by using other muscles, and then those muscles are not being used Tight. in the way they are meant to be used, and they start hurting, and it just falls this more whole pain. cascade yes. of problems that people have. So that's always a big clue yes. to me. I'll put my hand on someone's shoulder and try to move their arm and when that shoulder starts going up towards their ear they're they're using their neck muscles to 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 try to get that shoulder moving so yes it's very important I have to laugh I am someone who definitely talks with my hands and so I've been told multiple (laughs) times as a hand therapist they're like you're really good at demonstrating what you want us to do and I'm like yeah it's hard for me to just explain I have to show you I'm a mover (laughs) well and honestly it's really hard to describe in words I mean you need to see it that's that picture worth a thousand word kind of yes Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Johnston, tell us about our television show that you have planned for tomorrow night. It's an Ask Anything show. It's an Ask Anything show. I love Ask Anything shows. They are so much fun. The topic, it goes whatever direction the audience wants. So please think of your questions. Call in. Um, We have Dr. Sam Darnell, Samantha Darnell, who is a family practice doctor up in Watertown. And the Darnell family um, were good friends with Rick Holm and his family. Uh, she grew up here in Brookings. She grew up here in Brookings, yes. and uh, she she knew Rick very well, and uh, I'm just really excited to, to have her as part of the show. It feels like a little bit of kind of continuity, you know, f- yes. pulling Dr. Holm back in. And then we have Dr. Comfort Agaba, who is an internal medicine doctor down in Sioux Falls, and she's going to be joining us. That'll be really fun. This will be her first time on the show, and um, it took a little talking to convince her she was willing to try this, but I think she's excited about it. So you will have three primary care physicians. You know, we don't always know the answers, but uh, we know an awful lot. So don't be afraid to call in to play, play Stump the Prairie Docs again. That was one of my favorite things we did at the first Ask Anything show. Stump the Prairie Docs. You had all four of us there. I think they did manage to stump us on one question. So um, don't be afraid to, to ask your questions. We might not know the answer, but uh, we'll give you our best our best thoughts. Excellent. Well, Sarah, I've learned a lot today about the options we have when it comes to hand therapy and services that are provided. Uh, Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to make sure people know about what you're able to help provide? I don't think so. I mean, we've covered a lot. I just, like I said, anything fingertip to neck, if you're having pain, come see me. Pain, 
trouble with function. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's one of the wonderful things about occupational therapy. They help people do things. I can't fix it all, but I'll sure give it a good try. That's right. And if we can't fix it, try to figure out a way to do it anyway. Correct. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tune in tomorrow night, November 17th, for the Ask Anything show. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston and Sarah Lutz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.